Praise the Lord, everybody. Isn't God a good God? Amen. God is so good to us tonight. I thank him for being here in the house of God, in that land of the living. Um, could someone please uh, give me a thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, God is so good. I thank him for being here tonight, being in the land of the living, being in the house of God, being in my right mind, having the desire to walk with him and serve him. You know, God is truly, truly, truly a good God. I find no fault in him, not that I'm looking for any. Amen. But there is no fault in him. He's always right. Whatever his decisions are, he is right. And so I just thank him for being in this house one more time. Amen. Uh, we're going to jump right into the scriptures. Amen. I thank God for this service in particular. Um, I feel like this is a special service. You know, you got Sunday morning, you got Sunday night. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You got Sunday morning, you got Sunday night. We have Bible class on Tuesday. And, you know, if we're not careful, we'll look at this service as just some miscellaneous service. Amen. But I thank God for this service because the people that come out to this service, amen, they got God on their mind. Uh, they're taking advantage of another opportunity, amen, to hear what thus saith the Lord, amen. And, and they, they're concerned about their walk. Uh, they, they, they're concerned about pleasing God Almighty, amen. And so I just want to encourage the saints tonight, amen. Uh, I'm going to ask you to turn to Job, the first chapter. Amen. And we're just going to read a few verses. Uh, we're going to read verses. We're going to read verses 1, verses 1 through 3. When you have it, say amen. <clears throat> and let us read. In the land of us, and eschewed evil. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. And his substance, sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was greatest of all men in the east. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, bring us a better understanding of your word tonight, Lord. I want you to help each and every one of us in our individual walk with you, Lord God. Lord, strengthen us, encourage us tonight in the name of Jesus, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Amen. And anoint me, Lord, to do your will tonight. These are the blessings we ask in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Amen. I want to encourage us tonight. I want to use for a subject tonight. Uh, how many of you, how many of you are realize that you are a soldier in Jesus' army? Let me see the hands. By a show of hands. Are you a soldier in Jesus' army? Amen. Amen. I want to use for a topic tonight. It will pay off. 
good soldier. Amen. Amen. It will pay off. And, you know, our scripture tonight is dealing with a man named Job. And scripture lets us know that he was perfect and upright. Amen. He feared God. Amen. And as we read on through the scripture, when God is speaking to Satan, he goes on to tell Satan that there was none like him in the earth. Amen. And, you know, I know a lot of times, sometimes we know that God's got people everywhere. Amen. God has never told any of us that there's nothing, no one else like us in the earth. We know that God's people, amen, are all over the earth. Amen. But in this particular instance, uh, God realizes that Satan is up to no good. And Satan is acting as though he doesn't know anything about Job. Amen. And so God brings Job to Satan's attention. He says, have you considered, uh, I believe that's verse 8, and the Lord said unto Satan, has thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, and one that feareth God and eschewed evil. Amen. So this is God. This is not just the writer of this text calling God, calling Job perfect. This is God himself. Amen. Testifying to Satan. Amen. That this man is perfect and he's upright. And of course, we realize that Satan is well aware of Job because Satan already knew about the hedge that was about him. Satan already knew that God had blessed the work of his hands. Amen. And sometimes if we're not careful, we have to realize, yeah, God is watching us. But if you're serving God in any capacity and you're sincere about God, the enemy knows who you are. Amen. The enemy, you, you are on his list. Amen. And, you know, there are times, you know, there's a portion of scripture where Paul begins to rebuke some of the believers. He said, you know, you should be in a place where you're teaching now. But I see I have to give you babe. I have to give you milk that I would give to babes. You should be teaching right now. You should have grown. You should have matured in Christ. Amen. And, you know, there are some among us, amen, that, that we need to grow. We just need to mature and grow up in Christ. Amen. God shouldn't have to always convince us that holiness is right. Amen. God shouldn't have to always convince us. Uh, to come up higher. He shouldn't always have to tell us to be perfect for your father in heaven is perfect. These are all fundamental things that we should know. God called us unto holiness. We shouldn't have to be constantly reminded, amen, that, that, that God is calling for holiness, amen. And so uh, um, if you, you know, if you're carnally minded, amen, you need to grow up. If you're one that's always looking for loopholes in the scriptures, where you can fulfill your flesh, you probably need to mature. You probably need to grow up in Christ. Uh, you probably don't need to be missing any services. Amen. You probably need to get to as many services as you can. Amen. If you're always distracted by the desires of your flesh, and if you're always paying attention to the trends of the world, amen, you, you need to grow in Christ. Amen. But the message tonight, amen, is not so much for those that are hitting and missing and on the fence, so to speak. Amen. We, as, as believers in Christ, we don't need to be on the fence. Amen. We need to be completely sold out 
amen, to Jesus Christ. Amen. Some of us, when we went down in that water, we really meant business. Lord, I'm done with my sinful life. Lord, I'm turning away from it. Lord, I realize I can't live this life that you're asking for on my own. So I need your help. Amen. And we begin to seek God and we begin to repent in our heart. And before we knew it, the Holy Ghost fell upon us and we began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave us utterance. Amen. And after God filled us with the Holy Ghost, we got a revelation. We realized that our flesh was still there. Amen. We realized that our flesh was still making suggestions. The difference is now we got power. Amen. The difference now is I don't have to succumb to my flesh. Amen. I don't have to yield to my flesh. I can overcome, amen, my fleshly and sinful tendencies. Amen, that are in my flesh. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Let the church say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. But once we get it, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I feel his anointing. <laughs> Glory to God. Once we get it settled in our hearts, and so we're not on the fence. Amen. We're not looking for loopholes in the scriptures. In fact, we're looking in the scriptures to see how can I please God? How can I get closer to God? Amen. How can I put away every weight, set aside every weight and sin that was so easily beset me? Amen. Realizing that God is watching me all the time. Amen. He's watching me 24-7. He's even watching me in my sleep. He's watching me in my dreams. He knows everything about me. He knows my heart. He knows my thoughts are far off. He knows what I'm going to say, uh, think. Amen. He knows how I'm going to respond to the temptation that's on its way to me. He knows every single thing about me. And so for those of us that are settled in our hearts, that we want to serve and please God. It is important to know before you enter into your season of test and trial, it's important that we know that God loves us. We know we, it's important for us to understand that he cares about us and his ultimate goal is for us to hear well done. Another one of his plans for us is for his glory to rest upon us. How does his glory rest upon us? His glory rests upon us when we endure our tests and trials. When our tests and trials come and we hold our integrity. See, see, just like Job, see, God allowed the enemy to attack Job. But God already knew what Job was made of. He had already predetermined that Job was perfect and upright. This is before his testing. Amen. This is before his trial. God had already predetermined that he was perfect and upright and eschewed evil. Amen. And God knows each and every one of us. He knows each and every one of us sincerity and, and how we aim to please God. Amen. And he knows, amen, that there are certain tests and trials that he can send our way. Amen. And that we will pass those tests with flying colors. Amen. The scripture lets us know that he won't put more on us than we're able to bear. Our problem is we don't really understand that we can bear as much as we can. Amen. Amen. Just think about your own personal tests and trials. 
Amen. Which one of them would you have chosen? You wouldn't have chose any of them, would you? Amen. And so God allows Job, allows the enemy to afflict Job. And in verse So Satan went forth from the presence of God, and there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in, in their eldest brother's house. Verse 14, let's all read together. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses feeding beside them, and the Sabians and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. This is a calamity, right? In the scripture, verse 16, he says, while he was yet speaking, before Job had a chance to respond to this calamity, here's something else. There came also another and said, the fire of God. Notice how this, this messenger implicated God. Now remember, God already told us, he put forth your hand. But this messenger said, the fire of God. In other words, God is doing this to you. God, the fire of God has fallen from heaven and have burnt up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Verse 17, while he was yet speaking, before Job could respond to this second calamity, there came also another and said, read, the Chaldeans made out three and have carried them away and yea, slain the servants with the edge of the sword and I only am escaped to tell thee. Has anybody ever had a bad day? Has anybody ever been in a situation where it seems like one thing after another is going wrong? Have you ever gone to the mailbox and looked at the envelopes and was afraid to open the mailbox, afraid to open the mail? 
Amen. And have you ever been in a, in a situation like, Lord, I don't need anything else. I'm going through enough. And as soon as you say that, boom, here's something else. Because we don't feel like we can take anything else. You know, I used to say, Lord, how much more do you think I can take? I'm scared to say that now. Because he might show me how much I can take. Amen. Verse 18, while he was yet speaking, there came as, as if that wasn't enough. Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men and they are dead. And I, and I am only escaped to tell thee. So as you can imagine, imagine he has seven sons. Now all of his sons are dead. You don't have anyone to carry on your bloodline. Imagine the sorrow that Job is feeling in this moment. If you don't involve the kids, if you just mention the other things, that was enough. That's enough to be distraught. Now your sons whom you've been sacrificing for in case they've sinned. Amen? Now they're dead, not in critical condition. They're dead. Imagine the sorrow that Job is feeling now. Imagine how overwhelmed he is. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? Have you ever felt like you were being punished? Have you ever been serving God with all your might, all you know to do, and he's these, these series of tests and trials begin to attack you and you begin to wonder, Lord, Lord what, what did I do? Lord, why, why, why am I being punished? You, you don't feel like it's a test. You feel like you're being punished for something that you did wrong. And you begin to examine yourself. Well, Lord, if you got any sense, you'll examine yourself. Scripture tells us, examine ourselves and see whether we've been in a faith. Have anybody ever had that those kind of tests and trials. I know I have. But have you ever been in a situation where you felt like, Lord, this is just too much for me? Lord, you need to, you need to pick somebody else or something. This is just too much. Not just that you're wishing bad on somebody else. But then, and then, and this is another thing that the enemy will attack you with. You begin to look around and you don't see nobody else going through what you're going through. And it feels like you're being singled out. It feels like you're being, and you're like, Lord, okay, Lord, what is it? You, you, you know, you're seeking God, you're talking to God, Lord, what is it? Tell me the lesson. Don't send me no sign. Just tell me audibly if you need to. What is it so I can correct it, so I can get out of this test? Anybody ever been tested like that? Hallelujah. Job is overwhelmed. He's hurting. How did Job respond to this? Verse 20, then Job arose. He rent his mantle, shaved his head. He fell down upon the ground and worshiped. Look at that response. Do you have enough integrity that when you're going through the trial of your life to fall down and worship? Do you still love God? And we know that you know, God didn't do this, but he's allowed it to happen. But do you still love God to fall down 
and worship God. Hallelujah. He fell down and he worshiped and said, Naked I came into this world out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Imagine how the enemy felt when he saw he just told God, he's going to curse you to your face. And God said, all right, he's in your hand. Go ahead and afflict him. He let it happen. And verse 22, he says, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. He didn't charge God foolishly. He fell down in worship. How many times have we gone through things in our lives where we started series of murmuring and complaining. That's not worship. Why do I have to go through this? Job didn't, at this time, Job didn't ask the question. Why am I being punished? He didn't ask. The Bible just said he fell down and he worshiped and he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. We can learn to bless God with our lips in the midst of our test and trial. I'm not talking about I had a headache or somebody got on my nerves. And, and, and I ain't talking about them kind of tests and trials. I'm talking about devastating, life-altering, shake-you-to-the-bone tests and trials. What if we can learn to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. I lost my job. Blessed be the name of the, uh, of the Lord. I lost my house. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I got some bad news at the doctor. Blessed be the name of, my, of the Lord. My children are acting a fool. Blessed be the name of the Lord. My marriage is on the rocks. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You're being persecuted unfairly. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What kind of people would we be if we could have the integrity of Job. In all this, the Bible says God, he didn't charge God foolishly. God proved Satan wrong. Verse 2, or chapter 2, the scripture says, Again, <laughs> there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Read with me. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. Read. Yes. Throw in the earth. Oh. Let's get to the point. <laughs> Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? He's perfect. Satan can't argue this. An upright man. One that feareth God and eschews evil. And then he added some more to it. He says, and still he holdeth fast his integrity. Let's stop right there. I want to stay there for a minute. Amen. Can you say that I still hold fast my integrity? See, you have to understand outside of the Holy Ghost that your integrity is your most valuable asset. Your integrity is what's going to allow you to stand before God and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
Amen. And the enemy knows how valuable your integrity is. That's why he fights so hard to wrestle it away from you. Amen. He knew he couldn't, you know, some, you know, when you when you need to grow in Christ, you know, Satan realized all he gotta do is send you a Facebook request of a picture of a, a pretty lady that's burying her cleavage, and that's enough to distract you and get you off out the will of God. Amen. But as we walk with God and as we learn to walk upright before God, amen, we get a handle on our flesh. Amen. And the enemy realizes he can't just send little simple things like that to get to you. The Bible says to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritual minded is life and peace. And once he sees that you're not carnally minded, he has to turn up the heat in order to get to you. If you are those whose mind is made up to walk with God, he got to turn up the heat. He got to be a little more clever with those things. Those elementary things that send your way, that we just need to grow. But once we grow to a maturity, we need to understand that tests and trials are going to come our way. God is going to allow them. Amen. God is going to allow enemies to set up obstacles in your way. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God has already equipped you to pass the test. How many of you believe that? He's already equipped you to pass the test. Hallelujah. He says, and still he holdeth fast his integrity, although thou movest me. Look at this. Satan moves God. Thou movest me against him to destroy him without a cause. This man didn't do anything. You ever been in a situation? You're like, Lord, I do. As far as you know, you've been walking with God, and you begin to question and second-guess yourself, well, did I? Amen. When you're going through the heat of your tests and trials, there will even be people on the outside looking in that look at you and say, he must have done something. She must have done something. She wouldn't be going through all of this unless she displeased God. And, and, and you can feel this. You, you can feel this from people, and you really can't blame them for thinking that way because you're second, you're second guessing yourself too. Well, Lord, Lord, did I do something that's out of your will? But you have to already know that God loves you. You have to already know this, and you have to already know that there is going to be a season of testing and trial come your way. You got to know this ahead of time. Amen? Because then you'll be equipped. Amen. To walk with the Almighty God. Verse 4, and Satan said unto the Lord, read. Skin for skin. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thy hand. How many times has God told the enemy concerning you, behold, she is in thy hand. Behold, he. Now, now, if we were privy to the conversation, we're like, wait a minute, Lord, hold on. No, 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 no. Lord, you ain't got to prove nothing to him. <laughs> no, he doesn't have to prove anything. 
He might need to prove something to you. Also, the scripture lets us know when we go through tests and trials and not for sinful reasons, the scripture lets us know that the glory of God rests upon it. Why does God's glory need to rest upon us? First of all, the glory that's resting upon you is not for you. It's for others. Not only is it for others to behold, it's to strengthen you to do what he has called you to do. God's glory wants to rest upon you, and God wants to use you in this earth. But if we don't pass our test, we're, we're, we're not fit to be used. And we need to understand this. My mind going back to, to when he called the apostle Paul. I've got to show him how much things he must do you realize that none of us would be sitting here today? We're all Gentiles, right? Anybody here Jewish? We're all Gentiles, and we know that God earmarked Paul as the apostle to the Gentiles, right? So the things that Paul suffered way back then are benefiting us today. And the Bible lets us know that we're all partakers in his suffering. So that means God wants to use you to bless somebody else. Look at all the people that were blessed off of one man. We know ultimate glory goes to Jesus Christ because he shed his blood. But even Paul was a partaker of Christ's sufferings. And guess what? So are you. You're a partaker of Christ's suffering. And every test and trial that we endure and that we go through, God is bringing us closer and closer to him. And he's also equipping us, amen, to save others. We ought to praise God right there on that. Just a moment. Behold, he is in thy hand, but don't touch his life, don't kill him. Verse 7, so went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord, and he smote Job with sores and boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him. Now, 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 brothers, we know that our wives, you know, when the world is beating us up, the one place of safety and comfort that we go to is our wives. Amen. I thank God for my wife. Amen. Through my tests and trials, she's always been that encouraging voice. Even though the tests and trials that I endure affect her as well. Amen. This woman, in almost 28 years, she's never told me to curse God and die. Amen. There are times where, and I consider myself to be pretty strong, but there are times I've been absolutely overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. And I would look over and I would see that she's overwhelmed as well. But I'm so overwhelmed, I can't even do anything about it. The only thing I can do is, Lord, you help her, because I can't help her right now. And I have to pray for her. 
But there, there have been times she's been such a source of encouragement. Amen. There are times we've had to sit down and encourage each other. Amen. To cry together. And, and, and we have to remind each other. We start talking about things that God has already done in our lives. Things he's brought us through. Major, mega testing trials that we've been faced with. And God delivered with the strong hand, strong and mighty hand. Amen. And we begin to encourage each other and lift one up another up. Amen. And even though we're encouraged, amen, what we're going through is still hurting. It's still painful. Amen. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. It's a blessing when you encourage yourself and encourage each other. Amen. By the things that God has already brought you through. Amen. How soon we forget the things that God has brought us through. Hallelujah. In our walk with God. Hey, he hasn't forgotten about you. It's going to pay off, good soldier. It's going to pay off, good soldier. You're not going through all of this for nothing. Get to Sunday. You're not going through for nothing. God's going to bring you through this. There will be glory after this. Hallelujah. said unto them, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. That means he would be eternally doomed if he cursed God and died. That wasn't good. See, that was the enemy speaking through her. How did Job respond? He says, but he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaking. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive evil in all this? God did not sin with his lips. He did not sin with his lips. The enemy is hot. The enemy hit Job with his best blow. The enemy hit Job with blows that should have knocked him the enemy has hit you with some blows that should have knocked you out, that should have robbed you of your praise from, of God, amen, to cause you not to come to this service, amen. The enemy has hit you with some things in your life. There are other people that are backslid over or much less, and yet God has strengthened you and fortified you and healed you and built you up and caused you to be in your very seat tonight. God is a keeper. He's a deliverer. He's strong and mighty. Hallelujah. Now I know why the enemy was fighting. Hallelujah. God is a good God. He's worthy to be praised. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ.
Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I don't charge you foolishly. Lord, I worship you. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You are almighty. You are all powerful. Your power is vast. Your power is strong. The enemy doesn't have power over me. I have power over him. For the Bible tells me to resist the enemy and he'll flee from me. Do you realize when you worship and praise God, you tick Satan off? That's the last thing Satan wants you to do is worship and praise God. That's why sometimes we come to church and we can find it hard to get into the service. It's because the enemy is fighting. Sometimes we have a hard time getting into the service because we're thinking about our testing trials. We're thinking about what we're going to have to go back home to. We think about threats that are looming. Amen. There are some things that are looming right now. Amen. But why spend my life worrying about those things? The Bible tells me I can cast my cares upon him. Whatever it is you're dealing with right now, that, you know, that thing that you're dealing with right now that you don't like, that you wish you were out of, the Bible says cast that upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Why would you carry something that you can't carry anyway? He gave us a way to relieve ourselves. He says, cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Amen. The enemy wants to convince you that he don't care for you. I'm here to declare he does care for you. Cast your cares upon him, because he cares for you. Some stuff we carry and struggle with, and God is just sitting back waiting for us to cast it upon him. Instead, sometimes we curl up in the fetal position. I've had my moments. I've had my alone times. I've had my woe is me times. Amen. I can't tell you that I've just been so brave and so victorious. I do have down times. I have times where not only am I, is the enemy attacking my body, but he's been attacking my mind. And the Bible says, let this mind be in you. See, we haven't escaped. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He will keep your mind in perfect peace, whose mind is what? Stayed on him. We haven't released. We haven't escaped. We haven't a way of escape. And maybe you're not going through anything tonight. Maybe you feel like this message doesn't apply to you. Uh, my mind goes back to something Bishop told me years ago when I first got saved. I was about 22 years old, and we, he was sitting down counseling me, and I guess I wasn't hearing him. Amen. I was sincere. I wasn't being disrespectful, but I just didn't think what he was saying was applying to me. And he says, he said, I can hear you. God bless him to use with him. He said, I understand. He says, so, you know, maybe you don't need this right now. He says, put it on the shelf. He said, put it on the shelf, and if the day should come that you do need it, it's, it's on the shelf. In other words, don't disregard what I'm saying. Keep 
this is the back of my mind. And, you know, as time went on, I found out that fat meat was greasy. Amen. Anybody ever had that moment where you realize, you know, you grow up, you hear your parents say, you don't believe fat meat's greasy. And then as you live and walk through life, you realize, oh, fat meat really is greasy. Amen. And guess what? I had to go back to that show. Maybe you feel like you don't need this tonight. Maybe everything is going well in your life and enjoy your season of peace. Amen. But there will come a time. There will come a time. Amen. Where you will need it. So the Bible said he didn't sin with his lips. Okay, so let's go. Bear with me. Let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy, the third chapter. Second Timothy, the third chapter, and... Let's begin at verse 1. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Never mind. Okay, let's go to verse 10. That's where I'm at. Verse 10. But thou has fully known my God. This is the Apostle Paul talking. And manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions. So understand that Paul is writing, he's instructing his understudy, Timothy. And he's equipped Timothy with a lot of knowledge. He is instructing Timothy how the church is to be governed. Amen. In fact, we learn from these very writings, all of Paul's writings, how the modern-day church in 2023 is to be governed today. Amen. None of us have the right, regardless of what our position is, to change, amen, what God set in order through his apostle of how the church is to be governed. But he says, listen, you know my purpose, you know my faith, you, you know I'm long-suffering, you know the love I have for the people, you know you've seen my tests and trials, you know my patience, you know the persecutions I've endured, you know the inflictions that I've endured, amen, which came unto me first at Antioch and Iconium at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them, the Lord delivered me. Out of all of them, the Lord delivered me. Amen. When you endure your tests and trials, amen, when you come out of those tests and trials, God, amen, that is a testimony to others that are beholding, amen, the power of God that you can keep your integrity in the roughest of things, in the most difficult situation, amen, God wants to use you, amen. And, and, and I will admit, um, there are some people that their tests and trials seem to be heavier than others, but understand those that you might look at and maybe you feel like they're not as going through as much as you. Whatever they're going through is just as tough for them. Amen. But the reason you're going through more 
To whom much is given, much is required. Well, Lord, don't give me too much. Be careful what you say. Because <laughs> we want it all. We, I want all God has for me. Do you really? <laughs> well, if he gives you all of it, then much is required. Amen. Are you ready to go through? Amen. Do you love Jesus? So he's, he says, he says, uh, verse 12, he says, yea, and all that will live godly. So this isn't just, this is not just for Paul, the apostle, that's earmarked to be the apostle to the Gentiles. Everybody that settles it in their hearts that they're going to walk with God and serve God, you're going to suffer persecution. You're going to suffer some difficult things. And God, in order for him to even allow you to go through it, he's already prepared you. He already knows that you have everything that you need to pass the test. Go to Galatians, the sixth chapter. Galatians 6. We're almost done here. Hallelujah. And I send you on your way and you can practice. Practice this. Galatians, the sixth chapter, and we're going to begin reading at verse number seven. When you have to say amen, amen. let's read. Here's where I want. Verse 9. Stop right there. Don't be weary in well-doing. How many times have we been doing well and we've asked God, what's, what's the use? See, see, we learn from our childhood uh, if we do the wrong thing, we get a whooping. We do the right thing, we don't get a whooping. So we come to serve God, and we feel like, well, Lord, if I'm doing the right thing, then I shouldn't have to suffer anything. Even the world says nice guys finish last. In other words, what they're saying is, don't worry so much about your integrity. Make sure you finish first. Do whatever you have to do, even if it's breaking the will of God, to finish first. He says, let us not be weary in well-doing. There are some things in this Christian walk that will cause us to be weary. Amen. And, and you know, a lot of us, we don't, we don't mind going through for a small period of time. Amen. A test could last for a week, maybe two. God forbid, three weeks. And we're ready to, we're ready to get out. Amen. But it's those, you know, see, walking with God is not a sprint. It's a marathon. That means you have to endure. That means you don't start the marathon running as fast as you can. You have to pace yourself. There's some tests that linger on for a month, two months, six-month-old test. 
I started going through this, all of my hair was black. I used to be able to hide my gray back. I can't hide it no more. Lord, how long is this going on? Lord, how long do you think I can be not weary and well doing? Be not weary and well doing. But Lord, I'm doing right. I'm, I'm serving you. Lord, I'm, I'm striving to cross my T's and dot my I's. And Lord, I had an opportunity to displease you and disobey you here, but I, I yielded to you and I did the right thing. But Lord, it seems like the, the, the closer I try to get to you, the harder things get. Be not weary and well-doing. Lord, Lord, this is, this is difficult. This is tough. And this is what God wants. He wants you to talk to him. Lord, this is difficult. This is tough. Lord, I, I don't know how much of this I can take. Lord, I need you to help me. Lord, what is the lesson I'm supposed to learn? Lord, please help me, Lord God. Lord, my feet will not slip. Lord, I don't want to fail you, Lord. I don't, Lord, I want to hear well done, Lord. I, I want to see your face in peace. But Lord, this test is too hard, Lord God. Lord, I need some deliverance. Lord, I need, I need some help. Lord, I need you, I need you to help. Be not weary and well doing. For the rest of that, for in due season, it's going to pay off, good soldier. It will pay off. You're going to reap in due season. Amen. You're going to reap in due season. All the stuff that you're going through, it's not for all. You're going to reap. Ask yourself this question. As bad as the test is that you're going through right now, if God were to take you right now and you're standing before him and God is smiling at you and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Won't it be worth it? Will it be worth it all? When we see Jesus, isn't that what this is all about? Amen. But listen, God, he, he'll bring you through in this life. We don't just have to wait. You know, God, listen, people were able to look to Paul for strength because they saw him endure his tests and trials. You don't know who is watching you. In your hour of despair, in your hour where you feel weak, you don't know who's watching you. And we have to be so careful when we deal with things, when problems come up, we have to be careful. We got to be careful not to murmur and complain. We got to be careful who we murmur and complain to. Amen. It is, a lot of times it's not good to let human ears, ears hear what's going on in your mind and in your heart. Because that human can't take it. That's why we should cast our cares upon him. For he cares for you. Sometimes the people we cast our cares on, they don't even care for. But we've shared things with them, and they, according to their, especially if they carnal, they can't handle it. They can't. And you don't feel any better after telling them. It's not like you got deliverance after you told them. No. Cast your cares on him, for he cared for us. One last verse, and I'm going to let you go. That's 2 Timothy, the second chapter. 2 Timothy, the second chapter. 
and I think let's start at verse 1 thou therefore my son he's talking to Timothy be strong that is in Christ Jesus come on let's read together and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. He's giving Timothy an awesome responsibility here because Paul realized that the church has to go on because Paul, Paul ain't going to be on the scene forever. And so he has to teach others the same thing that God has taught him. Verse 3. Endure what? There's some things that are hard in his life. Endure hardness. That's my message to you Tonight, saints of God, whatever issue comes up in your life, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And Peter, I believe it is, he says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you. He says, as though, as though some strange thing happened to you. In other words, he's telling us to expect fiery trials. Think it not strange. Well, why am I going through this? Don't think it's strange, as though some things happen, some strange thing happened to you. He says, "But rejoice! Why am I rejoicing? Because you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. That means you're on the right track. That means you're on the right track." He says, "But he says, rejoice. Can any of us rejoice when we're going through the trial of our life? When we're facing the Goliath of our life?" Can we rejoice? Hallelujah. I want to ask everybody to stand. Hallelujah. Huh. Hallelujah. I thank God for each and every one of you that are here under the sound of my voice. And we all have a season of testing that we must endure. And I want to pray for strength for each and every one of us. And let us all pray. Let's pray for one another. Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your word, Lord, that, that, that ministers, that helps us, Lord, like a medicine, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for your word, Lord. We realize, Lord, that you love us. And, Lord, the tests and trials that we go through, Lord God, are not to harm us. They are to help us. They are to strengthen us. They are to encourage us. They are to bring us closer to you, Lord God. Lord God, help each and every one of us, Lord, in our day-to-day -day walk, Lord God. Oh, Lord, anoint each and every one of us. Under the sound of my voice, anoint each and every one of us, Lord God. Lord, give us a mind and a heart, Lord, when, when on our worst days, to fall down and worship you, Lord God. Not to murmur and complain, and not to charge you foolishly, Lord God. Lord, give us the strength that we need day to day. Lord, you've already given us your Holy Ghost. You've already given us your Holy Ghost. You've already given us your Holy Ghost. And Lord, we have all that we need. Lord, bring this word to our remembrance. Lord, throughout this week and throughout the weeks.
Lord, as the tests and trials come our way, Lord, as soon as we face something that's insurmountable, help us to remember not to think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is the trial as though some strange thing happened to us. But Lord, help us to rejoice because we are partakers of Christ's suffering. Lord, we thank you today. Hallelujah. We bless your name today. Hallelujah. Come on, worship the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, open up and worship God. As Joe, as Joe did. Let's worship God tonight. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you, Jesus. We bless your name. We give you the praise. 